Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. And in the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Welcome back to another episode of Give First. It's David Cohen. I'm on with Dr. Brittany Barreto today. Really excited to have her. She is a geneticist been an entrepreneur and today is running a venture fund focused on women's health. Welcome, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Okay to call you Brittany or should we go with doctor? Should we be really formal? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm glad you introduced me as such. But uh, yeah, no, we're friends now. You can just call me Britt. Cool. We've known each other for a long time. So <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. Let's give everybody a quick background on you, starting with some of your entrepreneurial endeavors and leading up to today. Yeah, definitely. So I'm a geneticist by training, PhD in molecular and human genetics. But while doing my PhD, I realized I had way too much personality to work in a lab my whole life. Got a little nervous about my career trajectory. And then I found the startup community in Houston, Texas, which is actually really growing. And I entered it in about 2016 when it was really starting to blossom. I had a crazy idea for a DNA-based dating app, and I went for it. So I fundraised from a few million dollars from angels in Texas and built, launched, and scaled that company. It was called Faramore. Faramore was the first nationwide DNA-based dating app, and I ran that company for about two years. Unfortunately, we had to close it. There were some changes in Apple's policies around who can ask for DNA in the App Store. It's a whole nother episode, I'm sure, with you. Mm -hmm. But uh, (laughs) I had to close my company. And I feel like we don't talk enough about that experience because it was very lonely and hard. But, you know, I learned a lot. Then I got into venture capital. I worked for Capital Factory. It's the most active VC fund in Texas. And they hired me to launch their Houston branch. So I did that. And, you know, that was really great. And I realized that being a venture capitalist, I could have so much more impact by investing in 20 products rather than just leading one. Also, I found myself being the like go-to mentor for all the founders because I could speak to what they were experiencing from firsthand experience. And I just had so much passion about divulging the secrets of VC. <laughs> like I would always tell them, you know, VCs will never say they're confused. They'll just say no. And so that slide's very confusing. (laughs) I think that's why they're saying no to you. That's code for I'm not that smart and I can't figure it out. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, that was another thing. Being an investor, I realized, heck, I could be an investor. They're not that scary. And so I discovered an industry I really fell in love with called Femtech. So Femtech is innovation in women's health and wellness. It's gender agnostic in terms of the founders, although 80% of our founders are female, usually solving their own problems. 
I loved every product in Femtech. I just found the social impact of it all. The gender equality fighting is just so passionate. And so I said, I'm going to get a job in Femtech. And so in 2019, I started trying to find a job and I realized that there was like nothing out there for Femtech. There was no annual conference. There was no virtual community. There was no accelerator. There was only one fund at the time, which was Portfolia. And I said, oh my gosh, we need a community. You know, how are these founders getting support? And so I started Femtech Focus and we kicked it off with a podcast that I launched in March of last year. And a year later, 115 episodes later, we got about 30,000 listeners in like 100 countries. Now we have a virtual community with over a thousand founders in it. We do research on the industry, publishing databases of how many Femtech companies there are, what's the market size, all these awesome, awesome things that go back to supporting the founder, especially when that one vagina startup at Techstars may feel kind of left out or may feel like every time they're on stage, people get uncomfortable, but they need mentoring too. And they need advice on how do you present that kind of a product, usually to rooms of people that don't have vulvas. Like, how do you get that message across what you're working on when women don't even understand what menopause is most times? It's really needed for sure. And you said a bunch of really important things. I think you said we don't talk enough about things that don't work or that are hard. Before maybe we leave Fairmore, I know that it was a little bit of external causes, right? What the App Store decision was, but what, what else did you really learn from you know, that experience in that company? Gosh, I learned that the smallest investors are usually the loudest ones and that the really experienced investors with the bigger checks, they know the game and they know that they need to make 20 investments because most of them will fail. And so I, I learned a lot about that. I learned that I was CEO material. I realized that my emotional intelligence was so vital to being a good leader and understanding people's reactions based on their humanness and working around that. I learned about how to fire people, which is really hard. I learned about hiring people, which is also really hard. And in the end, you know, I think my biggest lesson was a lesson of I had an idea and I saw it come to fruition and I saw that it was possible and I learned the process. I feel like it's like learning a language. Once you learn one language, you can learn another one pretty easy because you're like, okay, here's the formula. And I feel like what I walked away with was a formula for how to start a business. So being a woman running that company, I imagine it was already somewhat lonely. I mean, there's plenty of women CEOs that are great, but not as many as men yet. We're working on that, especially in tech. And then I imagine for the people that you built this community for around femtech, maybe for working on certain areas, it's maybe even more lonely, right? And so you clearly struck a nerve, 30,000 people listening to the podcast. You created a community that was much needed. What does that provide for the people that are in that community? And why do you think that you struck that nerve? So first, I think that many people don't even know what femtech means. They think we say fintech, and then we say no, femtech. And then they say female founders, and we say no. <laughs> Women's health and wellness. So I think just being in a community where you can say femtech and everyone's like, yep, you know, like has a big value add to it. I think that in 2019, the first thing I wanted to do was start a venture fund. And that's when I realized there's such basic infrastructure we need here before a fund can even exist. Even the femtech founders, they say, hey, yeah, when I have my pitch deck, I don't have a market size. I've been making it up because no one's really doing the research on it. Or most of my pitch is like educating them. And they also feel like, where's my peers? Where are my collaborators? Also, where are my comparables? I get a lot of emails from Femtech founders fundraising and they're like, what's an average valuation for a Series A? What's the trends here? Because without that, it's like really hard to 
tell your story. You're going to have to make up it usually. But now we have all this data and we have this big community. So people are just posting online. Hey, this is what I'm working on. Does anyone have an engineer that knows how to work with this? Or it just provides this exponential growth within the community. So femtech as a term, do you feel like that's been around a long time and people just don't use it and don't know it and you're popularizing or do you feel like you created that term? It was coined in 2016 by Ida Tin, who's the founder of Clue. They actually just got FDA approval for their app as a device, which is pretty cool. So she coined it in 2016. And the reason she coined it was because she was trying to describe how femtech isn't just health tech, because health tech forever has actually been men tech. And what we mean by that is women have been historically and systematically excluded from healthcare, healthcare innovation, and science. And so if we continue to just call it healthcare, we might as well just continue to call it men tech. (laughs) And so we needed a word in order to pull people's attention to the side and say, women are not little men. (laughs) I'll give you some examples here. So it was illegal to include women in clinical trials till 1993. So any drug that went to market before 93 was never tested on a woman before it went to the market. And this has resulted in five times more negative symptoms from medicine in women than men. There's a classic story of the Ambien case. So Ambien is metabolized differently in women than men. We metabolize it slower. Women were getting the dose of a male. And so there's actually a lot of reports that people were like, why are women getting in car accidents on their way to work? They're all on Ambien because they were still under the symptoms of it. And so that's kind of a one of thousands of examples I have of, oh, we really need to tease this apart. And just saying that women's menstrual cycles might mess up our data is an unacceptable answer at this point, because we're like (laughs) flying drones on Mars and landing the rockets on ships. I think that having a statistician that can take a hormone cycle into account is totally plausible. These things, in hindsight, just sound insane, right? I mean, the fact that we didn't include women in these clinical trials not that long ago, Mm -hmm. it sounds so stupid, right? And I think that that's hopefully something that will continue to think about things that way. And I understand the pain of trying to create a term, so it's it's interesting to hear that in five or six years you can get some traction with it, because I am starting to hear it a bit more. We're coining one now with some partners in Baltimore called Equitech, which is really about technologies that enable more equitable access to the technology. Well, I'll spread it. I'll spread it. And it's hard. It's hard to get a word like that going. So we have an accelerator that we're doing in Baltimore around that. We don't have a femtech one, but if you're listening to this, Brittany and I would love to talk about it. So reach out to us. We would love it. Yeah. So let's transition into your venture work. Tell us a little bit about Coyote, how it came to be and what you're focused on today. Again, back in 2019, I really did want to work at a femtech fund. I realized that there was only portfolio. They weren't hiring. (laughs) And then after that, there was pretty much nothing. And so when I started to talk to my own mentors, my peers, hey, I want to start a fund, they said, femtech, hmm, how many femtech companies are there? And I'd say, ooh, I don't know. And they say, has femtech ever had an exit? And I'm like, I think so. They started to ask me questions. I was like, dang, I need to know this. But even if I look it up, it seems like nobody knows it. And so I'm really excited about this last year, us doing some really, really intense research on the market and publishing a bunch of data such as Our current company database is 636 active femtech startups in the world. We have found over 50 exits in the last 20 years. The average exit value is $480 million. 
which is significant because the average tech startup exit is $200 million. So we're a little bit more than double that. So that's very significant. We also have a new market size. So a lot of people quote this old statistic of femtech market being 50 billion. But I always found that to be crazy small because femcare, literally just like tampons and pads, is 37 billion. So how is all of women's health 50 billion? Because women's health is not just periods. It's anything that disproportionately or differently affects women like migraines or autoimmune disease. And so it was like, no way. So we recalculated it very stringently and we actually are showing it to be in 2025 a trillion dollar market. And so if anyone tells you that femtech is niche, you say, no, it's not. Go talk to Brit. She's got the data. Like <laughs> Women are more than 51% of the population. We are not niche. And so now that we have that data, we have that groundwork, now I feel comfortable starting a fund. And so I partnered up with an amazing peer of mine. Her name is Jessica Carr. She's out of San Francisco. I'm based here in Raleigh. They just announced Apple's going to launch a new campus here. So we're all very excited about that. And she was one of the first employees at Impossible Foods, worked on the Impossible Burger. And so she's a biochemist. I'm a geneticist. I think that's a really unique value add to our venture fund because a lot of femtech is science-based. And so uh, we're together and forming Coyote Ventures. It's fund one, going to be $10 million. And we're looking for seed stage femtech startups. Honestly, it's overwhelming how many deals we have and how amazing they all are. We are actually in Founders Institute VC Lab right now. We're in like the final weeks of it, still in the program, didn't get cut yet. And there's other general partners in there saying like, how do we find deal flow? And Jess and I are just, our inboxes are overflowing because there's not enough femtech funds. And there are so many amazing femtech deals. And these femtech founders want to be able to not have to have five slides on the science of breastfeeding. You know, they want to just kind of jump into the business model. We're a team that they can do that with. Just sounds amazing. I wonder if she thought someday our burgers will be at, at Burger King. I wonder if she ever thought that that would be the case. <laughs> She Pretty amazing to stories. It's funny, you know, working at a startup. She's like, yeah, I barbecued a lot. Like we had to do a lot of cooking. <laughs> I guess you're right. Or at least, you know, that's the grind, right? <laughs> I mean, that's mainstream in it, right? So it's pretty amazing. When you think about all the data and research you've done, which I imagine you published a bunch of it, because a lot of what you're doing is thought leadership and it's bringing people to you. Are there some companies that you would call out from that research that maybe people, other investors would say, oh yeah, I ought to be looking at this too. Like what specific companies? There's three I'm really excited about. I'll give you the quick pitches. Number one, Biomilk. Biomilk, it's a, with a Q instead of a K. And also their episode just dropped today, April 26th on our podcast. So check it out. They literally took mammary cells from a woman's breast, cell cultured it, and they're creating human breast milk in a laboratory so it can replace formula. They're not wanting to replace breastfeeding because there's a lot of benefits from doing that. But all the women who are using formula could be potentially using real human breast milk manufactured in a lab. Thought that one is really, really cool. And it's here in the Durham, Raleigh area. That's Biomilk. Another one I'm really excited about is Materna Medical. So when women have vaginal birth, a lot of times they will actually rip from their vagina to their anus. And medicine has just kind of accepted that as just part of the process. 
But when getting sutured up, that's your pelvic floor. And so that's what leads to one in three women experiencing incontinence. The number one reason women are put in nursing homes is because pelvic organ prolapse. So there's like a lot of consequences. So Materna Medical is a med device company out of San Francisco. Literally, it's like a little donut that stretches the cervix while woman's in labor and it helps her not have to rip, which is like, duh. <laughs> why, is it anyone, why didn't anyone make this yet? Same with the C-section. There's a C-section med device out of Ireland where he's making this thing that helps open this woman's stomach during a C-section. I said, well, what do they use now? He said, hands. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, literally, no one's made an abdominal medical device for a woman's C-section. I was like, well, are you kidding me? That's insane that you have two nurses in there just holding the stomach open. Anyway, so that's another one I'm excited about. I could go on and on, really. There's so many. Definitely check out the Femtech Focus podcast. You can just kind of scroll through the titles over 115 episodes, and you can kind of quickly see like, wow, there's so much going on. All three of the ones you mentioned seem like very big markets and very awesome innovations. So it's great. And do you have someone, I'm curious, when you got into investing, because you've been on the journey, right? You sort of came through this sort of very educational area, right? Then this entrepreneurial area, and now this sort of investing area. Is there someone in your life that's been a mentor to you that really helped you out along the way that you would like to acknowledge or tell a story about? Well, I think my original mentor was Dr. Jack Gill. He was a very successful venture capitalist. He lives in Houston. He was my first entrepreneurship mentor, was my biggest lead investor for Faramore. Although he didn't quite understand exactly what I was working on because dating apps and Facebook integration, that was like <laughs> after his time. But he was really the investor that taught me about just grit. And he saw it in me before I saw it in myself. And I can remember being his teacher assistant at Rice University for entrepreneurship life science entrepreneurship course. And he told me, you're going to start a company one day and I'll be your lead investor. And at that time I was like, what? Like me? And so he saw it in me way before I did. I'll always be very grateful for that. The other person is a recent mentor. His name is Dr. Faz Bashi. And he is a femtech investor. He works at Portfolia and he's been so sweet to mentor me over the last year. And the reason I call him out specifically is because I have this bubbly personality and sometimes, and listeners, you may find this useful advice, sometimes I find myself surrounded by people that just pat me on the back and say like, you're doing great, you're doing great, you know? And like, sometimes I need someone to pull me aside and be like, hey, here's some places to grow, right? And so Foz has been that person for me where he is encouraging and supportive, but we had a call a few weeks ago and I was like, okay, so here's my plans and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And he was like, Brett, I need you to focus. He gave me that really good compliment, criticism, compliment sandwich, right? <laughs> and honestly, he saw right through me and I said, Foz, I'm going to cry. Can I cry right now? And he was like, let it out. And I just ugly cried, you know, and I'm so grateful to have a mentor that I see as so successful and he saw right through me and I was like, I'm about to cry like a baby. And he was like, go ahead, you know, and I did it. And at the end he was like, and you're doing great. Consider what I said and talk to you soon. So those are two people I really stand out. If you can't ugly cry in front of them, they're not really a mentor, right? I mean, that's sort you of- know what? You know what? Yes, exactly. And it was because he just saw right through it. I'm so used to people being like, you're great, you're great, which is so nice. But I have plenty of those, right? You need to get a mentor who kind of kicks you in the butt. I very sweetly call myself the pitch bitch because I will tell you your deck is garbage, but it's because I care. 
I want you to fundraise, you know, like we're going to fix it and it's going to look so much better. But uh, if you just have people saying like, this is so great, I'm so proud of you. I don't know if you can grow that much. Yeah, you can get that from your family. You need someone to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, uh, I want to switch into a little segment we call rapid fire. Just a couple Ooh. quick questions. Maybe give me quick top of mind answers and, and we'll get a few out just so people get to know you a little yeah. bit more. If there are people listening, interested in entrepreneurship and femtech, any books you've come across that you think maybe people should check out that you would recommend? If they're interested in femtech, I would check out Orgasmic Leadership. It's all about femtech founders. That was a really great book. And it's written by Rachel braun who was a successful femtech founder herself. So that's the femtech book I would recommend. And then we know about your nonprofit, which you can also answer here, but any other nonprofit you think people listening should check out that's doing amazing work? Definitely. So Menstrual Health Hub, they focus specifically on menstrual health, but they are incredible. So Menstrual Health Hub, I would also, if you're interested in Femtech, subscribe to Femtech Insider. That's mainly what they do is that newsletter, but it's the best newsletter of the week. Like you need all the info, it's in there. I'm grateful that they do that. Those are the two in the Femtech industry. Great. And then your own nonprofit is Femtech Focus. Focus, yeah. Yes, people should check that out as well. Let's see, last rapid fire. How about a place in the world you think people are crazy to not visit sometime in their lifetime? Slovakia. Wow, that's a first on that one. Have you been? I have. (laughs) It's a funny story. I was a teenager. The lifeguard at my community pool was from Slovakia. And I grew up in Jersey. I said, hey, have you been to New York City? He goes, oh, no, I haven't been yet. I said, hey, I'll give you a tour. And I went, you know, 16-year-old self and, you know, I always go to New York City. He and his Slovak friends, we all went, gave him the tour, classic tour of New York City. And he said, you are welcome to Slovakia whenever you want. And I said, heck, let's do it. So at 17, it was the first time out of the country, went to Slovakia. And it was to this day, and I've lived in Europe now, I've traveled to Asia, to this day, still the most beautiful, beautiful place I've ever been. Awesome. New one for my list. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So if people want to learn more, they should go to drbrittanybrito.com. Yeah, you can also go to femtechfocus.org. Okay, either one will work. Thanks for everything you're doing to help entrepreneurs succeed. I know that that's ultimately what you're after. That's what makes it all work. And it's cool to watch you coin this term and we'll definitely start using it and let people know that, that your fund is out there. So really excited to have the chance to chat with you today. Awesome. I hope this is just the start of an awesome Techstars collaboration. I think it is. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one, and reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, Give First. First.